We are in uh, week three of a series on a talk, a message I really wanted to give that really stems from um, <clears throat> what I believe is, is important for, for all of us, no matter what stage or um, place in our lives we are. Last week, we had a wonderful time interacting and praying together after the service. Many of you have come forward. There were a lot of questions I, that I did not have a chance to get to. Some even asked if we could even have a little bit of Q&A or um, wrestle because it seems like a lot of people have the same questions um, or they're related. And so my hope is perhaps uh, before we're done today, if, if there's a little bit of time, We'll be able to maybe take um, a couple of a couple of questions if if that's helpful helpful for you. Um, you'll remember we we started out with the question of how do you find your why? Remember that? And some of you may be asking, maybe if this is your first week, what do you mean by why? What's my why? Well, when we talk about why, we're talking about purpose, right? And and the theme passage or the theme verse that we really looked at that kind of set the stage for us as we went forward, was found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and following, where God there not only talks about being fruitful and multiplying and filling the earth, make babies, <laughs> make lots of them, and populate, right? And from there, you make families and households and neighborhoods and communities and, and cities and, and governments, and then you have people who occupy positions as judges and lawyers and, and teachers and policemen and firefighters and pastors and all sorts of businessmen and all sorts of people, right? And, and culture. God mandated culture. God's behind the creation of culture and of society. And what he said was, and subdue it and have dominion over it. In other words, we were created by God to understand that we're on this earth for a purpose. And that purpose is supposed to bring meaning and significance for our lives. Every one of us wants to find ourselves fulfilled by what we do. We want to be able to know that when we wake up and by the time we live our day and our week and get back home, that that life was lived well. And we want to be able to understand just what that kind of life is that God envisioned for us. And at the same time, in the process of wanting to feel fulfilled by our lives, be about something that I said is bigger than me, we want to make sure that God is being glorified in the process. In other words, we're God's image bearers, right? And so when God created me and you in his image, image means mirror. What do mirrors do? They reflect. And so we were created by God not so much to reflect ourselves to one another, but to reflect God through our lives and everything that we do with our lives. And so I think it's important for us to really wrestle with these questions and these issues for our lives. So whether we're talking about our professions, our relationship goals, our um, goals for marriage and family, goals of leadership, goals of being influencers in our society or in our circles, no matter how small that circle is or how large that circle is, we want to make sure that we're stewarding whatever it is that God has entrusted to us well, right? Jesus gives us the, the parable of, of the talents. Some were given one talent, others were given two talents, another was given five talents. And it wasn't so much about how many talents that you were given 
so much as it was, what did you do with the talents that you were given? Did you just sit on them? Or did you turn them around and steward them to the glory of God? So that by the time Jesus returned, he could look and say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. We want to so subdue. We want to so have dominion over our families. I want to subdue my marriage in the good sense. I want to subdue myself. I want to subdue and have dominion over my home and my kids and my neighborhood and my church and my my community to the glory of God. When that takes place, it leads always inevitably to the flourishing of everyone around me, not the destruction. We're not talking about toxic masculinity, whatever that means, or femininity, if there is one, right? We're not talking about abusing our role here on this earth. We're talking about so serving this earth, so serving our God, so serving our craft, our gift, whatever it is God has given us, that God can look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so we thought it best to start with why, your why. And we talked a little bit about, and I won't belabor this point, we talked about how to find that why. How do you find your purpose? And we went to great lengths discussing that. Once we had a chance to, to, to deal with that subject and we talked a lot about purpose, we moved forward and we said, look, if we're going to have a purpose worth living for, if we're going to take seriously our why, the very thing that explains me, it's, it's, it's bigger than my paycheck, it's bigger than the part of town that I live in. It's bigger than how much melanin I have or don't have. It's bigger than what my gender is. It's bigger than whatever I've been dealt or not dealt through life and through situations. Okay? We need to develop what? Self-awareness. Man, if I, if I had a drug that I can just inject into people, a medication <laughs> that I could just give to people, you know, people often say, if I had that drug for whatever, it would be self-awareness. Self-awareness is your ticket to navigating through life and becoming a whole person and becoming someone that's going to be of some value no matter where life ends up taking you. And we talked a little bit about uh, self-awareness. We couldn't exhaust the subject, but we did touch on a number of things. Part of what it means to develop self-awareness means I need to start with knowing myself. I need to become acquainted with me. I need to get to know me. And what's, what's incredible about this is it's amazing how, how far you can go in life, how far you can go in life and living and not really stop long enough to really pay attention to yourself and get to know yourself. We just are. We just do. And we just go about our life. And a lot of who we end up becoming is really imposed upon us by others and what they want out of our lives. So we never really get a chance to enjoy and find the satisfaction of being in our own skin and being co- perfectly comfortable with that and crafting a life for ourselves based on who I am, not what I think other people want me to be. This is important. This is what God wants for every single one of us. And so we talked about developing self-awareness, knowing ourselves, um, having thick skin. In other words, I need to be aware of not just my strengths, but I need to be able to be prepared to accept my shortcomings and realize that's not an area that I need to be investing my time in. And then thirdly, we talked about betting on our strengths in terms of developing 
our self-awareness. And what we mean by betting on our strengths is once I discover, through the help of others, remember we talked about feedback, once I discover you can't do this on your own, the best way to be self-aware is by bringing the right people into your life. I'm able to find out what my strengths are. Just what those areas are, I do need to be spending a good portion of my life. Maybe not everything, but at least 80%. You guys have heard of the Pareto Principle? The Pareto Principle, 80-20? <clears throat> okay. So you, you, do, you do want to, because one question that came up was, okay, I got your talk and everything, but what happens if, um, is it wrong to invest in and kind of test out areas that I may potentially, I don't know yet because I haven't given it a shot, I may be excellent at, I may grow in, that may be it for me, and how would I know unless I invest in that area? Right now it may be a weakness, so I get that, but is it ever okay to invest in an area that isn't at the moment my strength? And what I said was, I drew a little plate here, if you will, all right? It's, it's a steak dinner, if you will. Okay, we, you don't have steak and then steak and steak. You have steak and you have side dishes. Maybe you got asparagus or broccoli or some mixed vegetables or whatever. But you have your main dish, right? your 80%, and then you have your side dishes. Right? And what I say is, for right now, some of you may be in professions, and you're like, man, I thought this was it. I know a lot of people who've left being a lawyer, who've left business, who've moved from one profession, and then they moved into other areas, the more they became acquainted with themselves. It takes time for some people, right? And some people are like, I'm 30, though. Are you kidding me? You're just beginning to live. Don't beat yourself up. Some people think, I've got to get it all by 18. No. No. If there's any word of encouragement I could offer you is patience, you got to treat your life and what we're talking about in terms of marathon, not sprint. Some of you approach your life as a sprint. It's a 100-yard dash, and that's not the way to do it. We talk about get-rich-quick schemes. We talk about making it overnight. It's like, no. Patience. You want patience. You're going to need patience. That's the currency that's going to help you next to your self-awareness. Patience. You want to make sure you understand life comes in chapters. I tell men this, I tell women this, I tell people who are in one profession that are stuck, I tell, I tell women who were in the corporate world and then they, started, they got married and now they got kids and they feel slowed down because life looks different, right? When you're in the workplace, dressed up, you're around people, you get certificates, you get awards, you get trophies, you get praise, you get all sorts of different kinds of recognitions that are reward mechanisms, whereas when you're raising up seed, it's... The rewards are there, no doubt, but it comes packaged a little differently. And sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm missing on life. And, and, I, and I see guys like that. It's like, I'm stuck in this profession. I'm like, wait a second here. Remember, we talked about the fact that there's a lot that you're learning in this profession that's going to translate over for you no matter wherever else you end up going because these things are timeless. They're universal. The job may stay but the, what you're learning and valuing from that job is going to go with you to the next stage of your life. So we talked about patience. And then we talked about betting on our strengths. And so what I would say is, no matter where you are, what does Paul say? Wherever you are, wherever it was that you received your calling, remain there content. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 
He says, if you have a way and if you have ability, in the immediate context, he's talking about slavery, and they're asking, now that we're Christians, does our Christianity give us permission to give deuces to our master and just be out of here, right? And what he's saying is, if there is a way for you to get out of your situation, by all means, get out. But then he says, look, this Christianity works whether you are in an undesirable situation or whether you're in an ideal situation is what he's saying in that context. There were some people who were married and they were saying, can I do it all over again? And can I get out of this marriage and divorce and remarriage? Since I'm, I mean, I came to Christ afterwards. He's like, no, 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 stay in that calling. All right, but what's the principle? Remain where you're at if that's where you're at. And if you want to make moves, make them wisely. Make them smart. What I mean by that is right now, whatever it is that you're doing with your life, where God has you in his providence, that's your stake. And if you want to make that side dish, that side hustle, if you will, your thing, which is your passion right now, but you're not able to make it your livelihood, then you need to do, you work eight hours, you sleep eight hours. My question is, what do you do with the other eight hours? What do you do with the other eight hours? If that's really what God is calling you to do, you need to get after it during those hours that it's not about your stake. You with me? And then what ends up happening is that stake ends up taking the side place and there's a new stake. That's your side. That's your side dish, which now becomes whatever it is, is your, your passion. That's why I said, remember when we were talking about why, you remember the first point, find Something that you believe you can do for free. You're not going to do it for free. But you look at it and you're, you know, everyone who is doing what is in line with what they believe are their gifts. And their God-given gifts looks at that. If you've ever talked to them and they say, I can't believe I'm being paid. I can't believe I'm being paid to do this. I can't believe I'm being paid to do what I love. You ever heard people talk like that? Doesn't matter what, if they're chefs, they could be teachers, they could be firemen, they could be athletes, you name it, ministers. I can't believe that I am being paid to do. Why? Why would they talk like that? Because for them, they would do it anyways. Even if it was their side dish, their broccoli, they would do it anyways. Okay? That's important. And lastly, we, we ended up talking about in terms of... Um, self-awareness, we talked about making sure that you're, you're also serving others. You're serving others, okay? Today, I want to talk about achieving our goals. Achieving our goals. Not just staying in our lane, as we ended with, but I want to talk about achieving our goals. Because if we're going to talk like this, this is a lot of talk. And what I say is we need to bring it down to the ground. And what I mean by achieving our goals is Something I want to commend to you guys, and eventually at some point, what I would encourage you to do is each and every one of you and us are unique individuals. We got unique lives. We got unique weeks, days, schedules. You need to craft something that eventually works for you. But I do want to start somewhere for our purposes today. And so what I mean by achieving goals is you got to begin with goals. I'm going to talk about schedules. I'm going to talk about these things. You, you need to have plans. And what I mean by goals is long-term, long-term, and short-term. 
okay? Long-term and short-term goals. When I say long-term, we can push it out to three, five years, but let's just start with annual goals, all right? This is important. I hope you guys took this week just to craft this. If you did, you're well on your way. This week, I want you to add um, these goals, these efforts to make goals to your life, long-term and short-term. So every year, we got a new year coming around, so we're off to a good start, amen? Long-term goals, annual goals. Have written down 10, 10 annual goals, okay? 10 annual goals. I hope you have a notebook, a planner, something with calendar, something that helps you. It's important for you to have that written down. I'll talk a little bit, if I do have the time, about the importance of writing things down and what happens to us and how much it reinforces the things that we end up eventually doing and not just keeping it up in our head. And I'll touch on that in a bit. But the first thing I want to talk about is you need to have goals. I would say there have been enough studies that have been out that I've looked at. If, if you find others that are better, these are some of the best. Nowhere, nowhere more than 10, maybe 12. But it seems to be proven and shown that when people end up writing annually more than, say, 12 goals for themselves, they end up being less achievable for the people. And so it's important to stay somewhere around 10 to 12 annual goals. And what I want you to do is break up your life, your, your year, your, um, your annual goals into quarters. And so even though you're writing down 10 annual goals or 12 annual goals, what you want to do is make sure that every three of those goals, okay, is able to be achieved within a quarter, okay? They shouldn't all be goals that have to be achieved in the first quarter. They shouldn't all be goals that have to be achieved in the, in the last quarter. You want to... Look at your goals. They're, they're not going to all be at the same level. If they are, you're not going to achieve them because they're going to demand too much out of you and you're not going to be able to offer that as a human being. So what I would say, these goals, what I mean by goals is it could be I want to get my master's. I want to finish school if I'm in finish school. I want to pay off my debt. Right? I want to, um, you, it could have to do with relate, your marriage. It could have to do with goals that you have in the home. It could have to do with goals with um, I want to complete um, the Bible in one whole year, right? It could have to do with I want to get to the point where I could be a teacher in a Sunday school or life group. I want, I want to be a leader in some capacity. I want to be able to transition. And goals could be anywhere in any one of these areas. But what I'm saying is make sure that you diversify your goals across the calendar year and use the quarter system as a means by which to motivate you and incentivize you. Because when you crush it in one quarter, guess what? Those rewards that spill over and spill in, and you go with you into the next quarter, and you feel motivated to want to keep going, okay? That's important. Annual goals. But when we talk about annual goals, you want to make sure, you probably heard about this, um, you can use, I don't mind it, there are others that are better, but you guys can use this. I think are we familiar with SMART? You guys are familiar with SMART? So th this is a good system. There are others out there that I can mention as well, but this is helpful. If, if you're not accustomed to writing goals down for yourself, then this would be a good start. This would be a good start. If you usually just kind of wing it and go through your life 
and go through your year each year just trying to accomplish things, this is a good, good place. Specific, measurable, um, actionable, uh, uh, repeatable, uh, time-based, time-tested, realistic, and then uh, time-based, right? So <clears throat> those, are, those are good. Um, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, time-based, time-keyed. Okay, so that's important. You could look that up. I don't want to waste time. You could just Google that, that stuff. The other thing that you want to do is when you write down each goal, make sure you write it down action-based. Okay, make your statement action-based. What I mean by that is not only are you making it action-based, you want to state your, your, you want to declare your statement, your goal, in such a way that by reading it, it indicates to me, if I were to read it, that I can see what you're going to do, what your goal is. Number two, when you plan on beginning, okay, how long that duration is going to be, and when you're going to assess whether or not you've arrived, achieved, or acquired, or obtained, or have, have accomplished it. Okay? It, needs to, it needs to have all of those. Because I've seen a lot of goals that get, end up getting written. When they don't have that, we're not talking about a goal. We're talking about something else, but we're not talking about a goal. So that's, that's very important. You need to, to make sure that you, you have that. Now, if it happens to be a goal that has to be done every day, you need a habit streaker. Okay? So you can write that down. You need a habit streaker. You need some way of being able to, okay, in a week, right? Okay, so say your goal is to get in the gym and you want to lose X amount of weight or you want to be able to have this kind of um, endurance or you want to be able to, you're, you're doing working out for something else, okay? If, even if it's Bible reading, it's a day-to-day -day thing. So you need a streaker. So every day you can check it off. When you do, you're sending a message to your brain that's motivating. It's, 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 it's motivating you and it's incentivizing you to want to keep it up. You need a streaker. Now, they got tons of apps for them. You can get them. I'm not going to waste time over that. You can just look that up. There's a bunch of cool stuff out there. I know people use them. But you can also create one yourself on a planner. But you need a habit streaker next to your, your goal. Each day when you write it down, you're able to tick it off, right? You want one for the month, 30 31 days, and you want to tick it off, okay? We'll talk about why that's important also in a second here. So that's that. I hope we, we have that annual goals. The, the next thing I want to talk about is once you have your annual goals and you've written them down in action-oriented statements and you've written them down in a certain way that makes you accountable to that statement now, you need to now develop daily rituals. I don't know how many have daily rituals, okay? You need daily rituals. What I mean by that is you need a morning. You need a morning ritual. You need a start day, work day. You can say work day ritual, okay? You need a shut down work ritual. Okay, I'll talk about these. And then you need an evening ritual. Okay, this is very important. Another word for ritual would be uh, routine. Okay, it's very important you have rituals. Anybody I talk to that is 
excelling in their area, in their sphere, has rituals. If you t- if people I meet that I admire or that I respect, when I get a chance to sit down with them, retired pastors or people who are in their prime or somebody who I admire or even someone outside of ministry, if I get a chance to know them on a personal level, one of the questions, I ask a bunch of questions, but one of the questions I ask is, what are your daily rituals? I know they got them. They don't just wake up and just live. No, 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 no. They got daily rituals. And what I mean is, you got stuff here, okay? I'm not going to waste time to talk about, write them down in here. Under each one, you have them. You, you need to craft them. And then, here, you need time, okay? Time. Here, you're going to have a time. It's going to match with each statement, which means you not only need to know what your rituals are, from the moment the alarm clock goes off, right, at whatever time, to the time that your head hits the pillow again, you should have a daily ritual, okay? And then what you should do is all of those things that end up happening in your life, in your days, you need to have a time. I don't, it could be 10 minutes, 2 minutes flossing, right? It could be 30 minutes you know, reading the Bible, praying, right? You want to have those right here, and then you want to total it at the bottom to be able to help you see. You want to see, just like when you need to get your money in order, you're like, what is going on? We are just losing. Like, where is the money going? It's amazing how when you create a budget and you see money that comes in and expenses that go out, you catch it. It's amazing. That simple mechanism is like, ah, I see where it went. It went toward, right? You catch it, and you find out how much is, and then now you can begin to go after it, right? But you can't get after it until you, you, you catch it. You have to capture it. This is a mechanism that helps you to capture not money, not your money, but your time, and time is very important. So your morning rituals is what time um, you, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you put on your, you shower, your breakfast time, your daily devotionals, right? Um, this could be if you exercise and work out. Notice I said morning and start day because there's a lot that goes on. Like in my case, there's a lot that I do before I ever make it to work. My days, I make it to work at 9 a.m., okay? I'm up around 4.30. I'm doing stuff right here. Your day doesn't start here. You want to capture your stuff here. All right? You want to get all this in and put it in there, and then here, your workday ritual, what do you do? So here, what I do is I don't open my email as soon as I, work, I wake up. I don't open Instagram. I don't open social media. I don't want to see any news. Why? Because I'm, I'm at the most pure state, if you'll allow me, at that point. I haven't, been in, I haven't been affected by all sorts of wars and rumors of wars and drama and, and negative conversations in comment sections of Facebook or wherever else, I'm, I'm fresh. I'm up. I want to make sure, one of the principles I live by is I give God my mornings, I give people my afternoons, and then I give my family my evenings. That's a general principle I live by. Oftentimes, there are times where, and my family will be understanding, work or ministry or different issues will take me out of the house in the evenings, right, where I can't be away. Other times, um, there are people who can't help but meet me in the morning, and I'll, I'll make sure I make for that. But as best as I can, I give God my mornings, I give people my afternoons, and then I give my family my evenings. These are rituals I build into my life, and then I build my family with that. And what that does is it creates stability, not only in my own life, right? Hey, 
It's quiet in here, y'all. I want you to know that. One of the ways I'm able to do what I do and shoulder the responsibility that I do, it's quiet in here. I guard this. I, take, I invest in my mind and what gets in here and what doesn't. Because a lot of what explains why I'm in, un, incapable of being able to handle things outside of me is if I got too much turmoil inside, I can't give myself. That's why it's important for y'all to make sure that you subdue. We're talking about subduing. We're talking about having dominion in just a very practical fashion, though, right? In a very nitty-gritty, boots-on-the-ground, day-to-day task. So what I would say is, look, gym, 5 a.m., got that in there? I got uh, breakfast, how long it's going to take me. I know how, much, how many chapters I read each day in, my, in, in the Word. Um, I have meditation time and prayer and reflection. I look at myself, repent of sin, get it out, deal with things, connect with God, and I also review my planner during this time. I'm reviewing the day. I started the night before in my evening. I'll talk about this in a moment. One of the reasons why I do my review, so I know exactly what I'm going to be doing outside of what changes will take place that are unknown to me this evening before my head hits the pillow. I don't want to wake up and find out what am I going to eat for breakfast, what's in the fridge. I don't want to waste time. I got my Bible open. I got my books, my notebook, the pen, the cap is off. I don't waste any time. If I'm doing the gym, my shorts are out. I just get into them, and I'm gone. You don't want to waste any time, and I'll talk about how habits are formed and how you can break bad habits another time, but it's very important that you want to make life as easy for yourself. For seven plus years, I I did not allow TV in the house. We just now got TV, and it's just Netflix, but you can work it backwards. If there's something that's a temptation that's preventing you from accomplishing your goals, I make it difficult for us so the TV is out. That means I got to go to the bar and the grill if I want to catch the game. That means I got to go to somebody else's. That means I got to pull the TV out the garage or do something that I know I'm only going to want to do if it really makes sense and it's worthwhile versus just sitting and be like, just turn it on and waste time. I don't want to waste time. I only live once. Remember that. I don't want to waste my life. And, and you don't get to where you get just like that. It's the series of little incremental decisions and investments that you make that compound. Financial advisors talk about compound interest, right? You may put this amount of money in initially. I know it's nothing, but just let that interest hit it over a certain amount of time. Now look at it. We call that compound interest. What you're doing right now may look like nothing, and it may look like it's going nowhere, but just allow a little bit of interest and a little bit of time to hit it, and guess what? You're going to be the leaders of tomorrow because of what you chose to do today while everybody else is sitting on their rear, all right? So this is important. So your morning rituals, you want to get your morning rituals in. Your start work day, what do you do? Open up Slack, open up emails at this point, maybe go make a round, see people. So what I'll do sometimes is, what I'll do is sometimes I can't control other people coming in, hey, you got a minute? <laughs> hey, have you seen this verse? Hey, did you see so-and-so? Can I talk to you about this? Or do you have a book on this subject? So I'll have people come through, and I don't want to push people. I want to be available. That's another important thing. So what do I do? I'll make rounds as soon as I come in and see all the staff members and just greet them, see how everyone's doing, connect, and just wish them all well, right? And that means anybody could see me at that time. Once I go in, I have a little thing I do. I turn the lights off and bring in just natural light. People know, okay. Because I want to make sure once I, 
I get into my sermon preparation time and my study time, my prayer time, there's no disruption. Maybe you have something that's a, a work that requires a lot of attention. You can't just be opening up multiple things at one time. It requires your undivided attention. You need to know when you can do that, what they call deep work. Deep work. Okay? And you want to make sure that you put that in and, and make sure that nobody is able to interfere with that. All right? That's your start day. That's how you start. It's amazing how I don't just get started. My body and my, my spirit, my brain knows, oh, he's about to go after it in his studies with the word. Because I, I make coffee and I do another, a couple of other things that trick my brain into knowing, okay, it's that time. You need to do the same thing. That gets you in that groove with your studies, paper deadlines, projects, business proposals, whatever the case may be. Maybe clients you have to meet with or interview. And then you, I have a shutdown ritual. What I mean by my shutdown ritual is this. My shutdown ritual is what I do before I close up the MacBook, close it up, and get out of the office and begin making my way home to the house. I don't want to do this stuff at my family's expense. Okay? I don't want to do this at my family. They don't deserve that. I've been gone already. And then I'm going to bring all that back again. So what I want to do is I'm trying to guard these sacred spaces, these important spaces of mine. And in doing so, I'm honoring. And the only way I can do that is by subduing. It's not going to do it by itself. It's amazing how when I don't get things under control, it just spills over. It's like, because I remember I had seasons. If I could just be vulnerable, it, it, it cost my family. And, and my wife and my kids we're praying together with me, trying to figure out. Because in my profession, compared to others, it's like, when does your work start and when does it end? <laughs> it's like, unless you draw the line, it's like, there's no telling. It's like, I'm always working on a message. Like, we could be in Macy's shopping for somebody because we're going to visit them for a housewarming. And I'm working on a message. We could be at dinner. We could be, I could be prepping. I mean, it's like... I, don't, I, I never know how to turn it off in that way unless I, I do intentional things that help me be able to pull away and give my full energy to people. People often ask me, how do you find the balance? You know, the whole work-life balance. I don't. I hate the word balance. It, in my mind, it doesn't exist. When you found balance, you've given up, in my opinion. I like the word tension. Balance to me is, it, it's a bit of a cop-out. It's where... You realize how difficult it is to crush it in your profession and crush it in your marriage or your intimate life and then crush it in your parenting life. And you're like, you know what? Since it's so stressful and everybody's getting on me, my boss is getting on me, my, my, my team is getting on me, my, my spouse is getting on me, my kids or whoever else are getting on me. You know what? I'm not going to pursue anything. I'm just going to exist. That's, that's the way I'm going to solve this problem. I'm not going to be passionate about anything. It's like, no, I'm too passionate. I'm a millennial. <laughs> See, I'm uh, purebred. Um, 81, baby. <laughs> so uh, passion is in my blood. And so I want, whatever I'm about, I want to be all in, all hands on deck. I want to get after it. And so tension is a word that better works for me. Because tension uh, ha requires me to have to trust in God at any moment and to realize at any moment I could be blowing it, but I need to be prepared to hear self-awareness. 
So I've invited and welcomed my spouse and my kids and other people. Hey, anytime you see me off the rails, overcompensating, you let me know. Speak into my life. Let me know. Let me hear it. I don't care if, if I feel like hearing it. I don't care if it's going to hurt me. I need to know. You let me know. You see, that's why it's important. So at any time, you course correct. That way, you are passionate about everything you're doing. When it's time with your spouse, you're fully engaged with your spouse. When it's time with your kids, you're fully engaged with your kids. And when it's time to be given over to your craft, you're fully engaged with your craft. That's important. So shutdown rituals. That's any last emails I need to look at because I'm not going to be spending my home life looking at emails. Any recent Slack messages came in, text messages, voicemails that I didn't have a chance to respond to because I was doing deep work, right? I need to make sure I, I get back to those phone calls, right? Is there any errand that needs to be sent off? Is there anything that needs to be done? I want to make sure that I take care of that. Any shutdown ritual, last-minute things, because I want to make sure what you're doing to your brain is you're communicating to it, this is ending, and you're now transitioning to your family life or your personal life or your home life. You've, you need to have some way to communicate that works for yourself. That's why I said at the end of the day, you got to figure out something that works for you. You need to find something that helps you know your brain know, oh, we're about to do something different. We're shifting. And that shutdown ritual communicates that. That's why you don't want to listen to certain kinds of music. I'll talk about this. Well, let's go to evening rituals, right? Evening rituals is put the phone away. Don't be all over on, on Facebook and Instagram with your family and your kids. Those of you who are just about to get married or you're recently married, you're about to have kids, and you need to be knowing how it's like I can't be on my kids if if I'm doing the same thing myself, I need to have some system that helps them know that these are the values. So evening rituals is, what do we do? Family devotions, right? You build rituals, read the word, discuss it, interpret it, go around, talk about how it applies. Maybe if you have time, sing songs, give people opportunities to pray, encourage one another, give an opportunity for anyone to share anything that may be on them, right? This is important. So evening rituals. What are your evening rituals, right? Um, so closing down, after putting the kids down for bed, right? That's an evening ritual. Uh, bathing them, showers that they got to take, kissing them goodnight, right? That's an evening ritual. Um, time with spouse, now that the kids are down, right? Our time, me time, our time, right? That's an evening ritual. And then maybe I'll read a book or you, 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 put, you put it down. Whatever you put down, if it doesn't get planned, it doesn't get done, right? So you want to put it down and make sure you allocate how much time is going to go toward that, right? Okay, so after I'm, I'm done with spouse time, now I got to get ready for bed. So what is my ritual? Maybe there's certain kind of music that helps you wind down. You got to take a shower. You got to floss, brush your teeth, get it in there. And then I go to sleep, right? And you go to sleep. Um, in that same one, if I didn't mention it, I mentioned it earlier, I'll review my planner at this time. And I'll look at my wins. I'll talk about wins in just a moment. I'll look at my wins for the day and, I, and my losses. And I could review them and we'll have discussions with my spouse as far as what are we looking at tomorrow? Is there anything I need to know that hasn't gotten in? I'll write out my daily plan for the next day, the night before during the evening ritual. So it's ready to go. I already know what's happening. I know what I'm eating. I know what chapters I'm going to be reading. I know, I know 
what route I'm going to be taking to work. I don't need to waste any kind of time. My coffee is going to be already ground and ready to, with the button turned on. I'm going, to, I'm going to have all of this, and I know what's waiting for me at work. You see, this helps you not keep it all. Um, David Allen, in his book, Getting Things Done, probably the number one book on productivity, increasing the art of stress-free productivity, talked about um, how our brain was not designed to store all these things. It's designed to work on ideas and come up with ideas and solve problems. But when I carry all of this, none of this, notice, it's not in my head. It's all on the paper or on an app if you like the high, prefer the hybrid system, right? So now my, my brain is free. I'm, I'm always present wherever I am with people. I'm not sure. It's like, oh, no, I forgot to text him. I forgot to call him. I got a system for that. And another thing, if you can't do it, if it's something that takes less than two minutes, it's, it's often said, do it immediately, right? So if it's an email that can be done in two minutes, just do it immediately. Don't add it to things that, to your to-do list. We'll talk about that in one second. If it could be done in two minutes, if I could sign it off and give it to the uh, accountant, if I could forward it over, if I could make the call real quick and I know it's only going to be two minutes, do it immediately. That principle, if you can take that, I'm telling you, it's going to help you considerably. We got a lot of stuff that are less than two-minute to-dos that we lump together with big projects, and it's stressing us out. It's stressing us out. You don't want to be having that in your brain. You want your brain free for the people that you love and you care about who are with you at any given time so that you can give your most to that situation and to them. And a lot of people can't because they're caring so much in their head. And this system will help you to be able to, to do that. So, so that's your daily rituals, all right? And what I do with my day and my week is this. Remember I talked about the 10 annual goals that you have? That's important, right? We talked about 10 annual goals, but now you want to break them down into bite-sized pieces. A lot of people are big on to-do lists. I'm not, Okay. So there's just a bunch of to-do lists. And if you were to look at their to-do list, whether they wrote it on a napkin or they put it on an app, there are apps out there, or they put it into some planner, there's no way to discriminate between one to-do list and another. There's no priority system. They can't all be equally important. They can't. And so that's going to kill you. You're, you're a slave to your task list. Rather, what you want to do is, what I like to suggest is every day, I like to write down three big, important tasks that I want to crush. Okay? You can also call them three big wins. Okay? These are the ones I'm going to review in the evening, my wins. Did I, did I achieve them or not? You want three big wins. Okay? Once you have those three big wins, you want to write them down. Right? In order. Number one, number two, number three. These are the three. By the time the day is done and I surrender it over to God, it's like, uh, it's done. I want to make sure I got after these three big wins. Now, under these three big wins, you could put to-dos. You could put tasks. Right? And what I do is often I'll have systems that, that either defer them, delegate them, or that say I'm waiting on a response, or that say done, accomplished, and I check it off. Okay, that's important with my tasks. But you want to start with those, your big rocks. 
as uh, Stephen Covey talked, uh, referred to them as. Your big rocks, you want to have those. You want to have this at the end of your day reviewed, and you also want to have it at the end of your week, like on a Sunday or a Saturday. Before the next week begins, you want to review your wins, okay? And when you review your wins, what you want to do is you want to ask a question. How successful was I at getting, at achieving those wins for the week? Okay? How close did I get? And you want to give yourself a percentage. Okay? 0%? 15%? 50%? 75%? 100%? Did I do it? Okay? How close did I get? Okay? The next thing, question you want to ask, I could write it down, but I'll just say it to you. What worked, what didn't? Simple, right? What worked, what didn't? You look at your week. If you're married, together with your spouse, you review your week. What worked? If you're by yourself, what worked, what didn't? Okay? What worked, what didn't? The next thing you want to do is you want to have this system that I like. Keep, I will write this down. Keep, improve, uh, start, Start, stop. Okay? So what I do is, after I ask and answer the question, what worked and what didn't, and also, of course, how much did I achieve with respect to my wins? Did I get 50% of it done or not? Did I get 50% of the way or not? Then I want to say, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> had a bad cold this past week. Once I... Uh, once I ask and answer the question, what worked and what didn't, what I like to do is, okay, what can, what's a keeper? What is it that I am doing that I, can, I should keep? Keep. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not the problem, okay? I need to know it, so you have to write it down. The second thing is, is what, ex what exactly about all of this can I improve? Right? So you, you need to be making changes. Right? One of the, that's, this is one analogy. One of the differences between just picking up a guitar or instrument and just playing on your own versus having someone who's a tutor or a trainer is their feedback and their ability to correct little things. Even with sports, like, ah, 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 your elbow's too far out. Ah, ah, you need more space between your palm and the ball. Ah, you can't keep that. I keep seeing you do this. You need someone to be able to help you. This helps you do it to yourself. What can I improve? that you'll bring into your next week, you see? So even though your week may have looked, you're always making progress. You're always seeing improvement on your part. The second thing is, what do I need to start based on what I just observed with my week? It hasn't been a part of my routine. What do I need to, what is my failures and my successes alerting me to? What is it all saying to me? You need to start this. Sometimes you'll learn it through what you observe having happened during your week. What do I need to start? And lastly, what do I need to stop? Like, it's evident. I mean, it's on the paper. It's showing you. you you've been writing this down so that you could know. Now you can know. You need to stop that. And you wouldn't have known that you need to stop it unless you were so vigilant about looking at your life and the way you are using your weeks the way you did. What do I need to stop? What you do is you write this down, and guess what? Your next week, your Monday that you're starting in, you, you start again with your daily rituals and your big wins. These goals, as you are taking them from week to week, end up accruing to the quarters and the second quarter and the third quarter. And guess what? Before you know it, 
you're achieving your goals each and every time. Amen? Let me stop right there. I think I feel like um, I need to wrap it up. Maybe one, uh, is there one question or two or any, anyone? Anyone have any comments, questions? Before we close? I know this is a little bit more of a, of a free and formal way. Is there anything that wasn't clear? Or maybe something that you would like to offer that may be helpful to consider for while others are here. Yes. Yeah, that's good. So does this contradict being spirit-led? How, how do we... Um, how do we draw a connection between wanting, I'm just going to do whatever God wants me to do, versus what we've been looking at right here? What I would say is um, the Bible talks again and again about what our role and our responsibility is. Sometimes in Proverbs, he'll say something like in Proverbs 6, look at the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways. <laughs> right? It was this draw draw some lessons just from the creatures of this earth in terms of how they plan and how they prepare, right? The Bible talks an awful lot. Now, if our problem, James often talks about, um, James says something very important. I'm glad you brought that up, um, Hanok. James says something very important for us. Um, Come now, James 4.13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Right? And so there's an important point to be made there. And I think it's a, what James is pointing out is a heart attitude. At the end of the day, am I, am I Nebuchadnezzar or am I someone who's really trying to honor the Lord? So the person who was given the two or the five or the one talents, uh, they, weren't, they weren't supposed to just trust in the Lord and just let the chips fall where they may. They were one of the way that they precisely were supposed to honor God was how diligent and intentional they were about investing what God has entrusted into them. God has invested into us, into to us, time, right? And we want to make sure that we're stewarding that time. Moses in Psalm 90 and or 91 uh, says that our our days are numbered in His hands, right? And so we want to make sure that we realize that we only have a certain amount of time, and we want to we want to make sure that we are stewarding that time well. And so my thing always is God is with me in everything. God's with us in everything, and we want to make sure that the only way, I notice I didn't fill in a lot of these categories for us. I didn't have the time. That's where God would come in. It's like, God, what do you want my morning ritual to be? God, how do you want my day to start? What should my evening rituals be? God, what should my wins be, right? You still have to write it down. I just said it should be there, right? You should have three wins, right? Uh, God, what should be those priorities? That's what three verses, just the to-do list is about. What are my priorities for today? I can't make everything that. I need your help. And so these are areas. You won't begin to know yourself unless you bring God into that picture. The only way you can know yourself truly is by having a relationship with God and knowing 
and knowing him and involving him in that process of self-discovery, right? You see that? It, that's good. And our why has everything to do with God giving us our why. Amen? Amen? Yes. I think it's just a mindset shift. I think it's just, it, it all begins and ends right there because I don't see it that way. So like after the service is over, people will be coming and greeting me and connecting. And what I always do is you always see me pull out and I connect and I, I'll schedule a lot of meetings right here. Like, hey, let's, let's get to, and I'll put it in my calendar because I feel like I'm honoring them and their time because they could be showing up at a Starbucks waiting for me or if we decided to have a meal and it's like, yo, where's Pastor Neb? He's like, oh, I just, I wanted to just give it to the Lord because I thought, it, it, you know, if it was in here, it would be less. So I know my heart. I think if we know our heart, I know it's like I'm just utilizing a tool for a purpose. And I want, because I want to make sure I show up at something I, I, I said together with them, I plan to be at, I'm going to put it in because I know me. I'm in Cape, remember, I don't put, I don't hold stuff in here. I want to leave that to sermon preparation, ideas, creating, thinking about the church, thinking about the people and how to help solve. I don't want to have all of this in my head. Otherwise, I won't, I only have so much RAM. <laughs> I only have so much RAM. So that would be a, why, well, it's just, it's just a mind shift. It's just because I, I, I don't see it that way. And I think the same could be for you. It's just because I know why I do it. It's just a tool that serves me. Um, I don't serve it. Right? Remember, subduing. You're subduing. The percentages work. Okay, so uh, let's say, let me give you one example. I want to read through the Bible in, in, in a year. So I, that's a goal, right? It's like, man, I have not been in God's word the way I should. I need to start somewhere, but I need a plan. Otherwise, I'm never going to come close. So you got your annual goal. By the end of the year, you want to read. Okay, but that means you need to break that goal down into smaller bite-sized pieces, right? So that means is I need to have some plan that allows me to read enough each day and each week that results in me by the end of the year having read the whole Bible. And so whatever that plan is, you come up with it. Well, that's not enough because you always need to review. Reviewing is very important. A lot of people do all of this, but I, I've seen this again and again and again. I've seen some of the most productive perfectionistic type people. They'll do this, but they'll, they won't do two things. They won't review at the end of the day, every day, and they won't review at the end of the week, every week. One of my biggest advantages on a lot of people is not this. It's just that simple thing, but it, it goes so far, reviewing, just reviewing. And so when you review at the end of the week, you need to know if, were you supposed to read three chapters a day times seven, 21 chapters, did I do it? Then that's 100%. Right? Or did I do half of those 21 chapters? Then that's my 50%. Now you, why? What worked? What didn't? 
and why. What happened? You see, you ask those questions. I didn't write it down here. I just said it. You want to get to the bottom of it. What happened? Did I turn on the tube? Did I pull out the phone? Did, did somebody else get my attention? Did I? What happened? I need to figure out because I need to weed it out so that I put myself in a more advantageous position the next week so that when I come back to the percentage thing, it's going to go from 50% to 100%. Because the more 100% you have each week, the more likely you are to hit and achieve your goals. And that's just one example. You could think about it with anything that could be goal-oriented, right? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. It's not magic. Thank you. It's not magic. I don't care who it is. It's not magic. It's the rituals, y'all. It's the routines. It's, it's w- what you build together and the, the accountability and the feedback and the reviewing that you put in place that help you to get where you know God wants you to get. You put these in place with respect to your lane, And every one of you are unique. You all got different areas. But notice, I'm talking about things that are translatable, right? You all are looking at your own lives, and it's like, how does this work? It can work. It can work in parenting. It could work in marriage. It can work in work life. It can work in your personal life. It could work in so many areas, right? This is important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you for bringing that up. One last one. We got to close it. I want to honor you guys' time. All right. Wonderful. Well, praise God. Let's pray together if we could. Just, I hope um, you guys got something, and I would just encourage you guys. I mean, the, the best thing you could do with all that we've had a chance to do in devoting however many minutes we just did is, is to just take this, find some time, some quiet time. Go, go to Walmart. <laughs> go to Target. Go, go to Amazon and get you a good planner, right, and, and get you something that will help you be able to craft your plans and your schedule and your life so that you can be on your way to, to, to living a life that God wants you to live. Amen? Father, we thank you for this time of ours. We give you all the glory. We pray, Lord, that and trust that we are engaging in this conversation and about these things because we want to we honor you with our lives. And that could be very generic and abstract with our lives. That means with our day-to-day lives and our choices and our decision-making and what we, our time and our energy goes to and what it shouldn't. And so my prayer is that you would help my brothers and sisters, you would help us as a church be able to get on the page that you want us to be. Lord, whatever the resistance may be, maybe if it's been a while, maybe if this is a first time, I know it could be an uphill battle, but I pray that we start anyways. Start somewhere. But just... Start, I pray, so that we can go on making much of you through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.